Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. This is the Omega oh Launching Podcast, and today's episode, I am speaking to Rebecca Forst, and she's a mindset and transformational coach, and obviously, this episode is not one of those guests expert episodes that i done recently. I kind of wanted to go back to speaking to people about, you know, the first couple of launches and really digging into those, and that's kind of what this episode was all about, but being mindset... You know, I can't help myself. So, yeah, we we dove right into that as well. So, but I'm sure you're going to find that really interesting. We definitely talked about some interesting stuff there. But, um, you know, it's like she said on the end of this podcast as well, that, you know, it's important that we shine some light on those first launches. Because that's when we struggle. That's when we have those feelings of, you know, everything is just upside down and, we don't basically know where we're at because you know there's plenty of seven and you know six figure launches stories out there there's plenty of those but we don't hear enough about these first launches we need to highlight those and get those out there those stories those experiences those perspectives you know that's that's the ones that we can relate to because we all start at ground zero with that first launch and that's exactly why I started this podcast as well, because I wanted to talk about those launches. I wanted to bring them you know, forward and shine some light on them. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy this episode as well, both with you know, Rebecca's, her own experience with her first launch, and as well, you know, the mindset stuff that goes into it and how she has worked through it. So enjoy. Have you launched your online course with great success? Or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Westgar, and I'll help online course creators and membership site owners creating the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast, we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. All right, welcome to the Oh My God on Launching Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Wesker, and today we have Rebecca Force with us, and uh, we are talking about, well, it's a long time since I actually had a guest on who is not, well, obviously, Rebecca, I'm sorry, but you, you have an expert field, obviously. That's not what I'm saying. But we're going to talk about, you know, your journey and your first launches and kind of talk to that more than the specific things that you help people with. Um, but I would love for you to just get started off by, you know, letting people know who you are, who you help and how you help people. All right. So I, my name is Rebecca and I am a mindset transformation coach. Um, I help women unleash their truest and best selves by doing the inner work so they can stop the self-sabotage and actually start growing a business and start living a life they love. I love that. I love it. And uh, for you guys, you probably don't know this, but Rebecca has your, basically it's your first week since you quit your nine to five and we got to celebrate that though. <laughs> yeah. It's, I can't believe it's finally happened. <laughs> it's been a long time in the making and yeah. it's just, 
been a great week of actually really getting things done because now I have so much more time and less stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, we hear people talk about, well, you can't complain about time. It's just about, you know, uh, prioritizing and all that stuff. But when you have a nine to five, you actually lose basically eight hours a day where you can't focus on a business because you have to do that, you know, after work, after family, you know, dinner, all that stuff. And then, you know, when the kids are going to bed or something like that, that's when you finally get the time. So obviously making that switch and being able to spend the entire day on your business must be a huge shift for you. It is. I was getting up at 5 a.m. before and working a couple hours, you know, before the job started. If there was a lull in the day, now, you know, working from home in this mm-hmm. pandemic, I would try to get a little bit in during the workday yep. and then after work. But then, you know, my husband and now we've got some new pets. We've got some guinea pigs that need my attention <laughs> and all the things. And so I was getting things done and I did make big moves with the with the nine to five. But having that gone is just going to open up so much more. Yeah, I totally believe that. Um so being your first week, what have you done so far this week that you feel like you didn't really have time for before? Um, well, I watched um, some trainings that I had been putting off and I know you shouldn't, you know, do too many trainings. You actually have to do the action steps, but yeah. I am getting ready for my next launch, which is next month. So I was doing some messaging training, trying to you know hone my message in, mm-hmm. um, start prepping for my three-part training series that'll be before the launch and getting all that sorted and figuring that out and getting a welcome series up, sales pages up, and just a lot of the little things that you don't necessarily think about and that go into a launch. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's all little small things that adds up and suddenly it's this huge thing. And obviously a lot of people feel it's really overwhelming when you don't have a system around it, obviously. But uh, how which launch is this? This is number. This will be my third launch. Third launch. Okay. So I would love for us to kind of just uh, quickly talk about the first launch that you did. Yeah. So the first launch, so my beta launch was in October. I originally was going to do it in September, but at the last minute I found that my messaging wasn't right and I didn't feel aligned with what I was offering. So Mm -hmm. I did push it back a month. However, when I did it in October, it just felt right. Uh, I was calling in five beta students and I did get my five students. So I was so excited. Nice. Um, I actually, before I became the mindset transformation coach that I am, I tried to build a personal finance blog and I had that for three years, but it never went anywhere. I never made a product with it. Uh, I had just so much self-sabotage, doubt and fear <laughs> Um, so I wrote like 144 blog posts, but I never oh, wow. actually shared them with anyone. So, you know, it was um, just sitting there, basically, they were just sitting there. So I was acting like I was doing the work, but I wasn't really. So that's what launched me into a journey of my own inner work, personal development stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's made such a huge impact on my life. And that's why I sold the personal finance blog and started over as a mindset transformation coach in July of 2020. So my first three years of business, I made $730. Okay. And then with my, and then within less than six months of having my new business, I've made several thousand dollars. So mindset and actually making a product and launching it. Yeah. That action in there, even if it wasn't, you know, the perfect launch, 
um, messy is better than perfect and just going for it. Yeah. Well, looking back on it, you know, you say it's messy. So what about it was the, you know, what was the messy part about launch? Um, I guess I didn't, I mean, I had a date, but I didn't have trainings really planned. I just kind of went live a few times in my Facebook group um, and talked about various kind of topics around what my product offers. Um, And then I didn't even really pitch my Mm -hmm. product. I just said, okay, if you want to know more, go to the sales page. And so I just kind of threw it together kind of last minute without, you know, planning it further in advance. Exactly. But I love that fact that you, you know, um, mindset is such a huge piece of launching, even though people don't really talk that much about it or think about it that much, you know, we, we really go into, oh, it's, you know, it's the messaging, it's the sales pitch, it's the offer, it's you know, all of those things. And obviously they do count, but the mindset obviously is a huge part of it. And I would assume that that was a huge benefit for you to actually take that action and just go with the mess beta and just do it instead of, you know, thinking that you need to have it perfect and you need to do all the things right, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, the action creates the clarity. So then I got, you know, more feedback on what my messaging needs to turn into. And then I got the practice where I wasn't launching to a huge audience. So mm-hmm. I felt more comfortable. And now I can go, you know, launch to a bigger audience and practice just makes things better, too. So, yeah, what I recommend. <laughs> <laughs> did you do any work on the messaging and on the offer before you did this launch or the first launch? Um, I did some um, Simon James Wedmore's BBD. And so I went through his modules, but I, you know, before working with actual people, I thought I knew the messaging, but once I got more feedback, um, I kind of honed in on it. Mm-hmm. And then, so then the second launch, I had better messaging. And now I feel for my third launch, I feel like I really have something good. Yeah. And that's the beauty of messaging though, is that it kind of evolves and you, kind of improve on it with every launch that you do and it's not just something that you you know have the right way the first time you kind of put it together obviously mm-hmm. and that's the same experience that you kind of had with this you know the first second third launch yeah right yeah and what kind of changed from the first launch to the second launch what are some things that you know made an impact on the how the second launch went uh so the second launch um so I picked my date. I had actual ideas of what I would go in to do my lives on. I didn't have training pre-planned, but I kind of had an outline. Mm-hmm. So it was a step up from the, the beta launch. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, and I had, you know, a more planned out sales page and um, yeah. So going in each day with a plan of what I was going to say and, you know, telling people in advance that I was actually going to go live and not just mm-hmm. like wing it. Um, I still didn't, you know, fully pitch my product. Um, but I did like drop in like, oh yeah, my students are already having breakthroughs and, um, I've had such transformation with this myself. And then, you know, go, go look at the sales page. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, by the way, you know, here, yeah, here's, here's there. <laughs> which is what I will not be doing this time. I will actually be saying, here's my product. You need it. Mm-hmm. It will change your life yeah and that obviously is a mindset piece all on its own you know just not being confident enough to say you know this is what i'm selling and here's where you can buy it 
Is that Absolutely. something you really had to work through yourself as well? Yeah, I did because yeah, it was a lot of I guess self worth things and is my product good enough? Am mm. I good enough? And you know, I know it changed everything for me, but am I going to get that transformation for my students? So, so really starting to believe in myself too and make, you know, I can make this work. And then seeing my students getting the transformations, I was like, okay, yes, this is working. I'm on the right path. I'm doing the right things. People need this and they need it now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now you're getting ready for the third launch. Uh, How long between these launches have you had? So the first one was in October. The second one was at the end of December. So it was about two months. And then this one will be three months. So it'll be yeah, March. Yeah. So this one I feel more prepared for. And I've got my date set. I've got my trainings outlined. And I'm going to start making all the slides. I've got all the little pieces are starting to come together to make this more what I feel a professional experience for myself, but also for my followers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because you have a lot. Well, I would assume that you probably use a lot of stuff that you already had from the previous launches and kind of built on them and improved on them. So you're not basically starting from scratch every single time, but you kind of use the same. Right. Yeah, no. Um, Thank goodness I'm not starting from scratch. (laughs) But yeah, so I've got those, you know, basic sales pages in place. You know, the course is there. It's made. So not having to worry about that, you know, during like I did with the beta, getting it out every week. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, no, sorry. Uh, what I wanted to say was just uh, I love the fact that you actually managed to set a date for each and every launch that you did, even though you had to push one launch, push the first launch a month or so, but you still, you know, you set the date and you kept it and you did it. And I think that's a lot of people tend to maybe think about that a little bit later and then they kind of push it and push it and procrastinate and perhaps not even launch actually, but you just went out, went out and did it and put it in the date. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things that drove me to follow through is actually, okay, now I have this date, it's on my calendar, I've committed to this, and now I've got to work backwards and get all the other pieces. Whereas if I said, you know, I've got to get all these pieces done, and then once they're done, then I'll pick a date, I probably still wouldn't have launched. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So having that, you know, date and commitment to myself made a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Um, What I wanted to ask before was, um, you know, in terms of the launch runway, um, you have a couple of months between each launch. What are some of the things that you do in between the launches? What are some of the content that you use and how, you know, to build the anticipation, sorry, anticipation of the um, next launch? Yeah. So I didn't have really much of a runway for my first two, mm-hmm. um, but I did, you know, go with live once or twice a week in my Facebook group. Now that I've had a bit more time, um, my runway is a bit more strategic. And so I am going in into my Facebook group and now I'm going to be going into Instagram and, you know, doing lives that are really related and specific to the needs of my person, but also start tying that in to what the product actually is and start maybe dropping hints and like getting them really eager. And I just actually announced my free training in my Facebook group today and dropped the the sign up page for that saying, okay, March 16th to 18th, I've got this three part training series that's going to walk you through all three phases that I went through to mm-hmm. transform my life. And if you want to be a part of that, you know, click here and sign up. And so 
getting them excited. And I already had a people, couple people going, Oh yes, I need this. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, how's the for you Facebook group been serving you in this, you know, I don't know how long you've been having it, but you know, for the launches, how has it been serving you? I think most of the people that I've gotten for students um, have come from the Facebook group because mm -hmm. they're seeing me in there. Um, it's not just like an image on Instagram. I'm actually in there going live and they're coming on live with, with me and we're, you know, chit-chatting back and forth. So I think they're start seeing me as a real person, and which is what now I need to go do on Instagram. So right. I'm not just just at someone you can scroll past, but I'm actually engaging and they're connecting with me and the things that I'm saying, they're like, I feel the same way, or I used to do this or that. And so it's really been great for engagement and connecting and getting to, to know my audience and they're getting to know me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And how have you been, you know, obviously there's tons of ways of how you can do a launch, you know, you can do a webinar, you can do live and you can do email, social media, whatever. Um, why have you chosen the way you have chosen to do it? And uh, yeah, why have you chosen it? <laughs> so I've been choosing live launches. I was actually, I was thinking about the video launches because sometimes I do get nervous or, you know, stutter or ramble on and, you know, video is so much more polished because you can mm -hmm. edit it. <laughs> yeah. But I feel that my audience really loves that connection with me. And so I feel like the the live launch is the way to go because they can actually see me in real time and they like when I make mistakes and they're like, oh yeah, I did that too once. And so it makes them feel better, makes me feel better. And it, I just feel like I connect with them so much more that way. Mm -hmm. So you basically, you chosen the live ones just based on what you want to do. Yeah. It's, it feels more heart centered for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm all about of the heart and connecting. And so that just, it really called to me versus doing videos or um, a webinar. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cause you know, obviously there's a lot of experts out there who says, you know, you got, you need to do this and you need to do that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously all of these things works. I mean, we're not denying that, but sometimes we tend to go towards something that somebody else recommends, but it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel aligned with us, but you kind of just really were in tune with yourself and figure out, you know, I'm going to do a lot of launches because that's what feels right for me. Yeah. And I think that was probably, one of the problems I had with my first business is that I was just following too many people and what they said. I, Not that there's a wrong way, but I was just following too much exactly what they were saying. And it just wasn't aligned or it wasn't working for me. So I've learned to embrace, you know, my personality, my talents, skills, and who I am. And I can tweak things the way that feels good to me and aligned with me. And it's getting me better results by mm -hmm. listening to my own self. Yeah. I was going to ask that, you know, how has that been in terms of, you know, you know, your business basically that you choose to listen to yourself and your intuition and gut feeling about doing certain things. Yeah. It feels good to be in control of my own business. So I'm not, you know, following what everyone else says it's, this is my business and I want to run it the way I want to and running it the way I want to just, I don't know, it aligns with everything in my heart. And I think that means that others can see it too. So mm -hmm. I'm not having to fake it in or do something that's 
way off base to what I know and love and and people see that and it resonates mm-hmm. with people. Yeah, because it's, you know, obviously there's a aspect of energy that you kind of put out there when you're trying to do something that, you know, it's not in your heart, it's not aligned, it's not you, basically. So obviously that would serve you when you kind of can get into things that you love, that you're passionate about, and it becomes, you know, more natural, I guess. Absolutely does. Yeah. I love that. Um, I do want to ask you though, how did you end up on, you know, you said you had this um, personal finance blog, obviously mm-hmm. you ended up with mindset transformation. How did that happen? That's a, I mean, that's a big shift in terms of what you were doing. <laughs> it was. Um, so I had the finance blog, the 144 blog posts, and then I realized, okay, something is not right. <clears throat> I'm <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I realized something wasn't right. I wasn't sharing anything. I wasn't putting myself out there, even though I was doing all this work, getting up early. Um, and then I realized, well, I just have a time management issue. So mm-hmm. I'm going to look up all these productivity tips. And then I did a time audit. And I was like, okay, well, I am getting up early, but I'm watching trainings. I'm indecisive over what I'm doing. I think I have something deeper. And so I was doing a bunch of research on what it could be. And then I came across mindset issues and mindset Mm -hmm. work. So that launched a huge, I think it's been a year and a half now of really deep diving into mindset, um, figuring out what kind of internal blocks I had. That was the biggest thing finding all these blocks that I had and actually breaking them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started letting go of who I thought I was and started rediscovering who I actually am. Um, so my purpose, my talents. So I thought I was a, you know, very reserved introvert. Like I didn't want to talk to people. I didn't want to deal with people, which is why the business never went anywhere. <laughs> so <laughs> I broke my blocks, which were actually all centered around people and childhood bullying and even mm. workplace bullying that I experienced. So getting through that and rediscovering myself, I found out that I'm actually a very talkative introvert sometimes. I mean, I still do need to recharge, but I actually don't mind coming and talking to people and being engaged and So I was rediscovering who I actually was. And then the third phase that I went through was when I found um, James Wedmore's BBD Mm -hmm. and then the business mindset and the, the be, do, have. And that was like, okay, so I know who I need to be now. And now I need to be that now instead of I'll do that sometime in the future. And that's when I set the date to launch my beta. And and it was around the time that I found uh, BBD when I was rediscovering myself and I was like, I actually do not like talking about money. I started talking about money because other people said personal finance was a great topic to mm-hmm. talk about, but I actually did not like it at all. And yet you wrote 144 blog posts about it. <laughs> and that's why it was such a you know, drag. Like it's yeah. just writing those posts just took forever. And cause I just didn't like talking about it. And the, one of the reasons why I didn't share it, mm-hmm. uh, and so it was around that time, it was, I think, June, June of 2020. And I was like, I want to sell this and I, I need to start doing something else. And I was thinking about my purpose and came up with, I want to inspire. That feels aligned and, and you know, on par with what I have in my heart. And 
all of a sudden it was like, okay, I think I need to inspire other women to go in and help clear out their blocks so they can be happier, healthier. So I used to suffer from depression, anxiety. I had some health issues. And since I've done all this mindset work, it's completely gone. Mm-hmm. It's just been so life-changing business, life-changing on the personal level, relationships with friends, you, you name it. And so I decided that I wanted to help other women do the same. And so I switched topics and I had the idea for the program, which went through all three phases that I went through just more in a condensed period of time. And that's how my program and, and my business came about. Hmm. But I love it. I love that journey. And, you know, it's so interesting to see how things kind of happened for a reason. I mean, if it weren't for all of those 144 blog posts, <laughs> you know, you probably wouldn't be where you are right now because you wouldn't have discovered that this isn't what I want to do. I want to do something else. I want to find my purpose and, you know, going through all that mindset work. It takes it. You have to go on that journey basically mm-hmm. to find that. And sometimes it can probably be a little bit hard to see that when you're smack dab in it, but obviously looking back, you know, it, it was all worth it in a sense. Oh, absolutely. And even things like with the pandemic and having to work from home with the job that opened up so much. And I had more time to try to sneak and do my business. Mm-hmm. My commute used to be an hour each way. So that saved two hours and having a little bit more freedom to get things off the ground. And so, and I've learned to just really appreciate you know, everything that comes at me because I know it's serving me for some reason or another. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, You mentioned also that you, you know, you thought you were an introvert and you didn't like to talk talk to people. Um, I felt the same way actually before, but I realized, you know, it really comes down to also the other person that you're talking to, you know, what kind of energy are they having, you know, in the, in the conversation? Do you feel the same way that, you know, if you are with somebody who is really talkative, you can talk a lot, but if someone's really quiet, then you kind of get quiet yourself? Um, Yeah, I think so. And it's more also, yeah, it is their energy, but not necessarily if they're quiet or not, but there's something about certain people um, that I can either instantly click with or maybe they're standoffish and maybe that's the Mm -hmm. part, but I definitely have some friends who like to be quiet and I can sometimes bring out their bubbly selves too. And so that works. And yeah, there are people that I definitely not as talkative with, but I feel that's usually more on their end than mine. Mm -hmm. I want to protect my energy and I might feel like I can't trust them if I am saying things or, but that is also could be something I can work on too. And, you know, be less worried about judgment, but on the other hand, why put myself through that if I already know the outcome on their end, if that makes sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would, I mean, I got to say, you know, it's been, it's amazing to just hear about that journey that you've been on and, um, you know, working on that mindset stuff. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's such a big, important thing of not just launch this book, business, life, and like you said, it has had its impacted both your business and your life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you obviously didn't work, but was it hard to, you know, kind of go through all that and actually, I know personally that, you know, once you kind of hit one of those bumps, 
you know, when you're working on your own stuff, it can kind of stop you in the process. And it's kind of hard to get back on it and just kind of move through it. Did you feel that in any kind of way? Yes, absolutely. And so I think the first three to six months was the hardest part of the journey, really getting going and, you know, having to journal out and find all these, you know, icky emotions and, and blocks that were buried so down deep in my subconscious and bringing them to the surface brings up a lot of emotion. And I think for a lot of people, they don't want to go through that. So they Mm. don't do this kind of work because it is hard and messy and, but the outcome is so worth it. So the first three to six months was definitely rocky and emotional and, but coming out the other side, it was so great. And sometimes these blocks still come up. So each time I go to the next level, new things come up and I have to work through it. But now I have a system in place. So, and the tools that can be, that I can say, okay, I am starting to resist this change. What do I need to do? What kind of block? I need to find my blocks. I need to use these tools. And I give myself a deadline too. Okay. Because sometimes it will put me into a funk going Mm -hmm. through these up-level process. And I say, if I'm in a funk more than um, three or four days, then I've got this set of tools that I need to go through to write and release all the junk. But usually if it's a small up level, I can just journal it out and everything's okay. Um, But there are other tools that I'll use, like even physically letting it out, hitting the bed, getting mad. That helps so (laughs) much. (laughs) And I don't think people often realize it because we're just holding on to these emotions. And if we just let them out, that's okay. And that helps so much. So that's what what I do and to make sure I'm actually moving through this up-level process instead of staying stuck and in my comfort zone. Yeah. So journaling is like the first thing that you kind of go to to see if you can let it go through that. Absolutely. And it's, I know people say journal all the time and, and I used to be like, uh, journaling, what, why? <laughs> <laughs> but it is so powerful. And I try to do it every morning or at least sometime throughout the day. And if I miss a couple of days, I can start to feel it. Mm-hmm. That there's something swirling around in my head that I'm not sure exactly what it is, but once I can get it out onto paper, I can see it, visualize it and say, okay, well, that's just stupid. Or I can say, okay, I need to deal deeper with this. Mm -hmm. Um, What is it that you put into journal? Kind of what are are you just letting every thought get on the paper or is it just, you know, a specific uh, system that you kind of go through process? Um, whatever needs to come out. And sometimes if it's hard for something to come out at first, I'll just write, I hate journaling. Journaling really sucks. (laughs) And all of a sudden, like it'll bring up memories or I'll start talking about my day, either the day that I'm journaling or the day before, or maybe something upcoming. Um, And so whatever comes to mind, and I usually say to journal for 20 to 30 minutes because it takes a little while to hit your subconscious. Mm -hmm. Um, So usually by the second or third page of your journal, that's where all the good stuff comes out and you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I was thinking this. And I didn't even know I was thinking this. And that's how I even recently figured out why I was scared to do my first TikTok. Mm -hmm. Uh, I took out my journals. Like, why am I, I know I've been on video before what's going on. And so I took out my journal and I wrote out everything. And it turned out, I thought both outcomes 
of posting on TikTok would be negative. I thought either no one would see it and I would feel disappointment Mm -hmm. or it would take off and then I'd be stressed because I wouldn't know what to do with (laughs) that amount of followers. So then in my journal, I turned it around to something positive and I said, okay, well, if no one sees it, then I've gotten the practice to do more. And if it does take off, I'm growing and I've got a new audience. So just switching it, finding out what the block was or the limiting belief was, Mm -hmm. and then flipping it makes such a difference. Yeah. So you're basically reframing the negative thoughts or the blocks or limiting beliefs right there in the journal and just, yeah, writing out the... Absolutely. And yeah, and sometimes that's all I need to do. And sometimes if I need more, sometimes I'll create an affirmation and, you know, say it a couple of times a day. Like I am safe to put a video on TikTok or something like that. It depends on what the the belief is. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, you know, obviously the first thing is getting aware of these thoughts and, you know, by sitting there and writing it down, journaling it, it becomes really visual instead of just, you know, thoughts in your head. And then you can actually, yeah, then you can start working through it. Yeah. And you can read through it and sometimes I'll highlight stuff and I'm like, okay, this is something negative that I need to change or or even, oh, here's something positive that I didn't know I was thinking. So let's work on that more and work on this other thing less. And you can really figure out where you need to go with your brain or your life or anything else like that. And it's just crazy what comes out in the journaling if you really give it a chance. Love that. Love it. And, you know, you say you're a mindset and transformational coach. What, what do you put into the transformational part of that? Um, So that's really more about going from the limiting beliefs or the blocks to being able to clear them, but also letting go of who you were with these emotional wounds. So I help you figure out what they are and then break free from them. And then once you can let go of that, then it's rediscovering who you actually are. So you're transforming everything from the inside out. Mm -hmm. So learning to relove yourself and to accept yourself and figure out what you're good at, what you want to do. Um, so everything starts from within and then you work your way out to then you can become more productive or grow your business, but it all starts from within. Okay. Can you elaborate a little bit on what you mean that the work starts within? Yeah. So we are driven by our thoughts and feelings, um, I think it's, we think 6,000 thoughts a day, uh, 95% of them are negative mm, wow. um, and 80% of them are on repeat. So we're <laughs> thinking the same negative thoughts over and over and over again, which is also why journaling helps because you can actually then visualize it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to start working on that aspect first, all the internal things before you can actually go out and really put your best foot forward. So it's like, you're trying to drive your car. Here's your business. It's a car. You're going for it. But all of a sudden you realize you've had the emergency brake on the whole time. And that's why the car hasn't been going as fast as you want it to. So it's really taking the time to understand who you were, who you are, who you want to be. uh, And then you can start changing from inside and then you can make the outside changes. Mm-hmm. And what is it that people tend to do? Obviously, this is not the way they do it, obviously, because that's what you can help people with. So what is it that they tend to do? 
they tend to say, okay, I need the next, I need the best strategy. What's the strategy that's going to take my business to the top or to help me lose the weight or whatever, you know, goal or dream they have, they they're jumping from course to course, strategy to strategies. Oh, well, this isn't working. Let me try something else. This isn't working. Let me try something else. But really they need to, you know, pop the hood and do this inner work to make the car go. Um, And I was so, you know, this was so me the first three years, I was like, okay, I bought like every course under the sun. And I was like, but something still wasn't working. And it's Mm -hmm. because my internal state was so negative and didn't actually believe, even though on the surface, I was like, okay, I'm making this work. I believe, but my (laughs) subconscious did not believe. So it put the brakes on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you can't just keep telling yourself this is going to work and it automatically works because you have to works through some blocks and some limiting beliefs. Yeah. So even, you know, productivity, getting, you know, more productive, productive. That's what I thought I had the initial issue with. Mm -hmm. Um, And then realizing actually there's really three deeper reasons for lack of productivity and, you know, for procrastination, which is you're stressed about something, you're afraid of something, or it's a habit. Mm-hmm. The habit one's the easiest to fix, but all three are still, you know, your internal states that need to be worked on. Yeah. So you said you're working on your third launch. When are you launching that? So I've got my free training series, March 16th through the 18th. It's a three-day event. And then open cart is March 22nd. All so right. It's the following week. Awesome. And if people wanted to join you on that, where can they find out about it? or sign up for it uh they can sign up for it i guess i should have well i have a link for it but, oh, okay we'll uh, put that link in the show notes yeah yeah no problem so people can find it because uh, yeah obviously this is something people maybe they don't want it but they need it <laughs> you know yeah yeah and that's why i'm working on the messaging to show how much they do need it yeah um, because i mean it changed everything for me Although I think sometimes people think, okay, well, I'm going to change my mindset and they expect it to be this instantaneous Mm -hmm. thing, but really you are trying to rewrite decades worth of negative conditioning. And so it's not instantaneous. Um, So what I tell my students is that my program is a jumpstart towards lifelong change. And you can use these tools over and over again. You'll have some breakthroughs and, you know, some big changes initially during this program, but you're going to see the benefits long after it's over. Yeah, that's exactly, there's a long time effect on this, but you Mm -hmm. need to start the work. And that's, that's the hard part, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I remember, you know, the same thing when I joined Business by Design, James, it was, uh, and I've said this a million times before, but he sold me on all the processes because that's kind of what I wanted when I joined his mm-hmm. program. Well, once you get inside, you know, one of the first modules is on mindset and working on you. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, what, what was this? <laughs> I didn't know I needed it, but obviously it was what I needed. And uh, you know, it's been a couple of years now and uh, I love the whole process of kind of working through things and reframing things and, you know, yeah, it's just like you said, it's a constant process that you need to continue working on and, yeah, it's a journey that as well. Actually. Yeah, and hopefully actually you keep working on it because it's just yeah. like a muscle. And if you stop, your you know, your muscles get weak. You can't just 
you know, expect to go pick up that 200 pound weight if you've been out of the gym for months. And it's the same with the mindset. And, and, you know, every time you up level, you're making that muscle stronger. And so I actually hope sometimes you find some blocks because that's (laughs) good. And you're, and you're actually growing if you know, you're experiencing these things. Yeah. And I think if people just get started with this, there's no turning back. They're going to love it. Oh yeah. I know I do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Same. I think I've gotten so many, you know, personal development books and now the mm. and various programs and I love it. And I want to get to that into the next level and the next level. Yeah. And the interesting thing is that, can I go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the interesting thing is that you, you know, for each new course that you kind of jump on, you realize that those courses are more geared towards, you know, the inner work mm-hmm. instead of all the, you know, the tactics and strategies around, you know, the business, but it's more work on yourself. Absolutely. So I love that. But um, where can people find out more about you and connect with you so they can learn a little bit more about what you do? Uh, you can find me on my website. It's RebeccaForst.com. You can also find me on Instagram. My handle is Rebecca E. Forst. And I'm also, I have a Facebook group called Goals and Mindset with Rebecca Forst. Awesome. We'll link up all of that in the show notes so people have something to click on. And I would just want to say thank you for coming on the show, sharing your journey, sharing your story, sharing your knowledge, and talking a little bit of mindset and stuff like that, because I love that, obviously. So <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much for thank you so much for having me. I think a lot of times we hear stories of these amazing huge launches, and especially as newer business owners, that can be a little little intimidating. Just a little. So I, I know for myself, it's so great hearing others' experiences of their first launches, their messy launches, mm-hmm. unsuccessful or successful launches. Yeah. I think it gives uh, me a bit more hope and an understanding of, okay, I can do this too. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about, you know, getting some eyes on those so-called fail launches and, you know, small launches, not the seven, six, seven, figure launches because we hear enough about those, but we want to hear about the other stuff too, that we can really relate to because that's, you know, ground zero. That's where we kind of start out. So it's important to highlight that as well. And, um, and everybody has, you know, a different perspective on their first launch. So I think it's important that we get that message out there. Yeah, absolutely. And then people can figure out what they, what aligns with them and their heart and they can pick you know, their launch strategy and however they'd like it to run because it is their business. That's exactly right. Well, thank you so much. Um, We'll round it off here and uh, you guys can listen back and we'll catch up again next week. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.